All right, looks like we are recording. What is going on, people? It is your boy, Mac, again, and we're getting back to the topics. I have again with me my amazing friend, Mila. How you doing, Mila? I'm doing great. It's, uh, I don't know, it's nice outside. Oh, is it nice outside? Yeah, I mean, it's cold. It's cold <laughs> as hell, but it's nice, yeah. Nice in terms of sunny or? Yeah, sunny, there's no wind. Oh, well, yeah, that 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 is nice. Yeah. OK. Yeah, it's not looking too hot down here. You know, it's usually great. But yeah, it's like 60, 55 right now, which, you know, I don't like that. <laughs> I love it. That's the weather I like. Yeah, I don't okay. like that. So uh, a lot of things going on in the world, huh? Uh, yeah. A lot of things going on in the world. Um, So today we're going to talk about what's going on in Myanmar because they just had a coup um a pretty serious situation going on in terms of their military so kind of want you to kind of just give a brief overview of the situation and then we could just kind of talk yeah so basically just you know uh a backstory their their um president uh Aung Suu Kyi, Aung Suu Kyi, um she uh, you know, was an opposition leader to the original, like, military dictatorship back in, like, the 80s and 90s, and she was actually originally under house arrest for, like, 15 years, received the Nobel Peace Prize, like, while under house arrest, and eventually became, like, elected leader of Myanmar, um, and in their recent November election, and I'm, <clears throat> I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna try to say this right, so in their, in their recent November election, there's been a lot of widespread claims of fraud, even though an independent like election committee has said that there has not been any claims of fraud. However, the military um, who like, you know, when they did redraft their constitution for democracy did strategically um, draft in the constitution that they have veto power all the time, like enough, enough of a majority for veto power. Are you saying um, the military has veto power? Yeah, yeah, like the military, uh, like the military, like opposition. Right. Uh, and they are claiming that the election is a fraud because she won by a landslide. Um, and uh, after, <laughs> after, after weeks and months of misinformation, um, of misinformation spreading through <clears throat> uh, the internet and just, you know, channels anywhere, uh, the military carried out a coup whenever their Congress was set like in a, like in an open setting, like to start the new session. Right. So I say all that very specifically like that because there's a lot of ties to also what happened in the US and like, because I'm a US citizen, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. Like that's my perspective, right. uh, but basically, yeah, the military uh, formed a coup uh, Ms. Suki is being uh, supposedly held in house arrest again, uh, and they suspend, like, they basically um, establish this state for the next year. Right. So, essentially, uh, comparing it to America and what happened on January 6th, essentially, what is happening in Myanmar is basically if the military assisted those um, insurrectionists uh at the capitol that's essentially yeah. what's going like on in, in yeah like in large essentially if the military yeah. would have assisted those insurrectionists then that's exactly what is going on in myanmar basically 
Yes, and if they were successful. So the military coup in um, in Myanmar is, uh, it's being actively protest. I just saw like teachers are now like coming out and very openly like act like protesting against the opposition. And um, and they're blacking out um, or flash, flash uh, blackouts for like streets and businesses and stuff like that. Or uh, what do you call it? Like flash, not flash floods, but basically like mob rushes into the streets, basically like disrupting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm losing the term simply because like there's like this little recording light thing <laughs> <laughs> that happens sometimes. You know how you see that and you lose the term. But yeah, yeah, essentially, essentially that's what's happening. There's a lot of resistance as well. Um, it's just, you know. Yeah, so basically, um, obviously it's not good. And Myanmar is getting backlash from all sides, like you know, China, Russia, and the United States, you know, this is kind of a rare instance of solidarity on kind of, you know, both sides of the political spectrum and kind of condemning this type of behavior. And um, regardless of how Myanmar is, because they, they have, you know, a history of doing not so great things, you know, what happened in Rohingya or with the Rohingya Muslims a few years ago. Yeah. And, and actually that's like the military leader. Like he's the one who like, he's so like controversial because he right. ordered, those, like he's ordered those supposed attacks. But then you have Miss Suu Kyi who's also controversial because she backed it. She didn't necessarily but, back it. She well, just she didn't speak up against it. She didn't speak up against it. But the thing is, you just mentioned how the military has, they actually have power in that uh, country that's separate than this country. You know, the president in the United States is the commander in chief of the military. So what you make it sound like is that Myanmar's military is like separate from their their uh, uh, members of parliament, basically their prime minister, which is Ms. Suu Kyi essentially. So yeah. they act independently of one another instead of Ms. Suu Kyi being the commander in chief of the military. He's not though. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so oh, yeah, okay, whenever, okay. I'm, whenever I'm making the point about her being kind of complacent with the oh. Rohingya Muslims, like I putting it in context, you know, she's being arrested now. It it kind of seems like she really wouldn't have had much of a say in it in the first place. And historically, this is not the first time um, Myanmar has been under um, a, a coup. Um, over yeah, a military regime, basically. They were in it basically from 1960 all the way up to 2011. So 50 years span where they were under military rule. And it started whenever their prime minister back then uh, basically came in and said, hey, we need a caretaker government and the military. He basically appointed the military to do it. And then two years later, they just <laughs> they overthrew the country and similar to what's going on now. But that one back then was... I believe a result of the UK um, pulling out of Myanmar and allowing it to be its own um, independent country, and then yeah, you know, without any without any support and having like exactly. broken down all of the support that it did once have. Yeah. Exactly. So, like you said, with Miss Suki, uh, she's been um, an opponent of the military for decades, and in 2011, I believe. 
she actually did become the leader in a democratically uh, yeah. ran election. Ran elections in Myanmar in like 25 years. Right. So um, it's been like that for, it's been democratic for about a decade, we can say. So now it's being over overthrown and it, it just kind of sucks because um, I feel like the United States is, um, is a military, not necessarily military, they're a world leader because um, we were talking about this off camera just a second ago, but Joe Biden, he just uh, took out military aid from Saudi Arabia and he was calling on other countries like the UK and France and Canada to a, you know, to an extent to do the exact same thing because they all provide funding for Saudi Arabia to, to attack, um, you know, civilians and all those things. Um, so in terms of the United States and their influence on the world, um, I think this coup is a result of, you know, what the world saw on January 6th, you know, in the United States, basically, you know, that's a similar thing that what happened in China whenever um, they were being condemned by the Uyghurs. And they basically pointed the finger right back at the United States and said, look what you're doing to black people in America. So uh, I think America is not necessarily like involved in Myanmar clearly, but I think we are an example of the world, you know, because we do prop ourselves up and call ourselves the best and the brightest and all that. So other countries do take our lead. Well, and definitely like whenever, um, whenever you have like a, a country that's often thought of as a little bit more stable like the US have something like that happen. I, I think that that does kind of like set an example or definitely embolden people. But, um, oh no. What? Oh, I thought you were frozen. <laughs> no, I'm just listening. I'm just listening, yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, sorry. No, but I think I think that it would embolden people. Now, I don't know necessarily what people think of, of the United States. Like now I know that internationally, like a lot of like the like I want to say I don't want to say prestige. Unfortunately, if you can't see this, like quotation marks, um, prestige of like the U.S. has definitely like gone down in, in, in recent years. Mm -hmm. um, but but. I still think like seeing like that, seeing something like that happen in a country that very much prides itself on on democracy, uh, it, I think it would embolden embolden other people for sure. Um, even if the other country or even if the other place does have like a history of it. Right. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And uh, you talk about how there's been a lot of uh, protests recently. Um, in the wake of this coup and I was reading about it a lot of people were apprehensive because of the history of uh, the military influence in that country but you know good on them for actually you know actually speaking up and uh, being voices in that country and you know actually you know sticking up for themselves yeah and and like you know historically like that happened too we just don't hear a whole lot about it but I mean yeah that's you got <laughs> I mean, you. Got, I mean, it, that's you know, you have to. Yeah, and the military go through. The world is so connected now. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a little bit more difficult for the military to just strong arm people in different countries just because of the connectivity. Like, um, like we were saying, Facebook. 
the military basically uh, <laughs> banned Facebook in Myanmar. It's so wild to me that military has that type of power because I'm living in the United States and just the way that we're ran is just completely different than what's going on in Myanmar. So they, the military, they banned Facebook because Facebook is like the internet for them. Like Facebook alone, they get a lot of their information from that site. Yeah, I can't remember what, I can't remember what country or it might be something like slang for the internet is Facebook. Slang for the internet? Yeah, like, oh, I needed to get on the Facebook and pay this, that, and the other. Mm. I've heard, I've heard like Facebook used interchangeably for internet. Oh, like, okay. In different places that I've been. Uh, yeah. and it's kind of interesting to hear that especially in places that like the internet kind of really became more accessible to everyone once Facebook happened, it, it kind of became synonymous. Right, yeah, so. Uh, they know the difference. It's just, you know, it's cool to hear it interchanged. <laughs> I guess, I, it, it is a little weird to hear that interchange because like Facebook is definitely not the internet, but Facebook is this, it's such a large, like, like not circle, but network. It's such a large network that it, you know, like you could only use Facebook and be okay. Yeah. 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 yeah well, yeah. And like, oh man, almost every company, like if they don't have a website, they have a Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, okay, well, I can only view their business hours. Then I'll guess I will. Right. <laughs> So um, in terms of um, Myanmar and what's going on in the aftermath, um, would you call it a humanitarian effort uh, at the moment? Um, is like, do you know the situation like in terms of like the violence in the country? Like, oh, like crimes against humanity? Yeah, like the military hasn't actually like done anything except detain uh like political leaders right they haven't yeah. actually like you know gone in like enacted violence which they're completely that capable of doing what was that that we're hearing about right they're completely yeah. capable of doing it though as well because i mean if you have the power to ban facebook in the entire country if you have that type of constitutional power the military itself that's so wild and the <laughs> and the military commander-in-chief you know appointed himself the leader of Myanmar. So um, like you said, bringing it kind of to uh, an American perspective, that could be us, you know, but we were, we were playing. That could have been us, but we was just playing. You know, they, yeah. uh, you see, you hear about the, you, you watch CNN, MSNBC, they talk about um, those, those insurrectionists uh, in Washington, DC, they had like insiders and that the plan actually was a little bit more developed than it looked playing out. But um, yeah, it just- Well, and like you brought up a good point. It wasn't military backed. Yeah, it wasn't military backed. Yeah, definitely not. Um, there were people who had been in the military or been in the like armed forces. Uh, yeah, they were definitely dissenters. But they were not acting with them right that's what's um that's what's that's what's interesting i don't know i i uh yeah i can really only speak from an american perspective but um it can all you're you're totally right it can always happen here 
it can. It's, it's a threat to democracy like that. In Miami, it was a democratic election. That's what we are. Is we are a democracy, and that's literally like, like, like flipping the mirror on yourself and like, whoa! Like, if you look at Myanmar, that literally could have been the United States. Um, I guess um, it's a good thing that um, this happened so close to Donald Trump being out of office, you know? Oh, for the American, yeah. Because uh, he's banned from Twitter now. Like they did they did all of this kind of, not necessarily retro, it is retroactive because he's been acting up in his entire yeah. four years. When that happened, I was like, oh, so you're telling me if we would have had consequences sooner, it could have been interesting. You could have done, yeah. okay. Yeah, if he had a little bit more foresight or I don't know, he, I guess he must have thought that he could have just gotten away from saying it was a fraudulent election um, and people would have just, more people would have ran with it, but no. But apparently in Myanmar, it did stick, which is very unfortunate. Uh, they, like we, like we were talking about, they do have a history of military rule. Like it was literally under military rule until 2011. So this is unfortunately going back to kind of uh, old ways for them. Um, I don't really have. Uh, <laughs> I don't really uh, have any much more insight on it. Uh, yeah, I just. I think it's interesting. I would encourage people to fo- like to just follow it and like um, hear about it. Like make it, like see what you can figure out. I mean, we're gonna be learning more as it goes on. Um, the military's like put this whole like year thing in place so um we'll see if it goes longer if maybe we can get it to end sooner i don't know um pressure definitely needs to be put on them i believe america did uh say that they were um imposing sanctions on them uh, as a result of this but i don't think that the military was phased by that comment so um the u.s has really pulled out of like the international stage like if China doesn't put sanctions on them and we do like then they're they're still golden like they still can do business with China and China's a big enough like player that, that that's that's fine they can they can do that if that's what like if that's all they can trade with and like that then that's fine yeah <laughs> so that's, that's, the, yeah. Kind of the, that's like definitely the downside with like pulling out of the international stage like we had been kind of doing or just straight up making a fool of ourselves on the international stage for the last like four years. Yeah. But you know. Yeah, and and this isn't necessarily unique to Myanmar because Haiti is going through something. Well, like we said, America had that January 6th situation, but Haiti is also going through a similar kind of nebulous election type of situation where their president just refuses to leave office basically and um yeah pretty much Uh, i think uh the haitian citizens gave him until today to leave office but he says that his term ends this time next year yeah, so it's a little weird on that. Uh, Haiti's going ham right now. <laughs> Haiti's going really ham. Um, and I'm just thinking to myself, has it always, 
it hasn't always been like this. This is literally like threats to democracy in America literally like went to different countries trying to uphold, you know, quote unquote, uphold democracy. Like you talk about in uh, these Latin American countries, uh, we talk about Honduras and El Salvador and all these countries that they tried to impose, uh, you know, capitalism and democracy on them. Because a lot of those, they ended up just like installing uh, and backing some really fucked up tough regimes like the U.S. did. Like, it, it ended like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. So um, this just kind of makes me like wonder, is this um, like these situations clearly aren't isolated. It's just what makes me kind of think of what the link is. Um I don't know what kind of country Myanmar is. Uh, well, it's democratic, obviously. Uh, Haiti, they had a democratic election. Um, we had a democratic election. And I think it's just the far right is really trying to assert themselves so aggressively. It is happening globally. Like, I think globally, we're just becoming like more- Emboldened. I think globally what's happening is there's becoming like a a, a, a a like care in people who aren't like white Christian Americans. Like I think we're starting to globally like kind of care. And then there is a large push and I'm not gonna say that it's all white because it's really not. There's a lot of like just like there's a lot of other stuff but like there is like now a huge push of like, nope, we need to like bring it back to the way it was. And the only way we can do that is by force. And everyone here should look up the definition of fascism real quick. Like, even if you got a pause, <laughs> check it out, look up the definition of fascism and then like re rejoin this with like that cap on because like, that's kind of what it is. And like, I remember whenever I was traveling through Poland in 2014 and, um, there was like talk of like a renewed Nazi party um, and like and like a renewed like far right party in Poland and um, most of like Eastern Europe that was very very much oh and all of Europe because Jesus. right <laughs> like but most of Europe that was like very very much opposing immigration but it very it manifested as racism because it was like it was like Turkish immigrants and North African immigrants. And uh, when I was traveling through Poland, like I put my things in a hostel in Warsaw and I left to go like grab some groceries because I was gonna be there for about a week. And I came back and they had written white power with a swastika on like the side of the building I was staying in. And what's scary about that is they don't like Poland English isn't the main language. So they would have had to see me or someone who didn't fit the Polish description and, and arguably great marketing reach out in the language that I speak or at least that I would understand because like English is like a lingua franca. It is a language that is like spoken around the world um, and, and, and paint that on the side of the like building I was staying in. Right. It's terrifying and like that was not an isolated incident in Poland like that was not an isolated incident in Poland and when I was in France back in 2009 I had similar things happen because I was you know 
not white. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I would I definitely agree with you that a lot of these um <clears throat> a lot of these flashpoints around the world, including in this country, have been kind of instigated by the right. And um yeah, it's really disheartening to uh, see kind of a way to um, get through to the opposition and and the people that they're influencing kind of, um, you know, by uh, just by doing what they're doing, you know, like people, people like that type of stuff. Uh, and people, uh, people like power, people, like you said, they, they like things to kind of stay the way they are. People don't like change. Uh, it's kind of, it's just wild to, uh, it's just wild to kind of um, really see uh, things in the world that they've always been happening, but like in this country in particular, like now that it's like, now that you have like a firsthand account that like it's touched down here, like, I don't even know what to say because you just, it just kind of is more illuminating whenever it's happening in your country. You know, like we never have war in the United States. And then whenever 9-11 happened, they went, they went so like stringent with like security checks and like airports and all that stuff. You know, they went like overboard with all of that stuff. Um, like America is just not used to that, <laughs> like that type of realness yeah yeah because america is like just one really huge manicure country and we like to keep our we like to keep our dirty secrets like down 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 we don't like to acknowledge them whatsoever you know so uh is i mean now it's 2021 you can't really you can't really keep that unresolved tension down anymore and it's it's um I guess it's kind of surprising that it is like in this abundance of people that are like so anti-democracy, <laughs> like anti-democracy, you know? And what you have though, and like what you, how you get that is like a deep distrust of government. Like a deep distrust of like government and like what government can do for you. And ultimately like- That can radicalize anybody. Um, like on either side or any side, whenever you have more than two outside, <laughs> but like, right. it, it can anybody to like want to participate in fascism. But, um, and like you and I were talking about that, it's almost it's like super easy for someone who's like pretty, pretty progressive to like support like a, a like a anti government situation just because the government's not fucking working right now anywhere right. anywhere and so it's easy to just be right. like okay well something else because this isn't working yeah like burn it all down <laughs> yes like I always have to tell like my friends like we do have to be careful because like it is working a little bit so like we can't burn it all down right now because then we have nothing but I don't know <laughs> I see their point I see their point sometimes too Shit's yeah not it's not working but it's, not working. <laughs> it's definitely not working and uh something needs to be done but um this man's democracy is not the answer um like, it's like 
No, uh, no other one in sight. Uh oh, was that a callback? Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, you know, removing your president without someone to replace them. Uh oh, is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a little too close to home. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, so, um, yeah, like three similar situations uh, going on with uh, Myanmar actually kind of like, like kind of going that extra kind of mile and actually overthrowing their government. Um, Haiti, I guess, would be a little bit different. It wouldn't be a military coup. It would be uh, it would be something like what have happened in America, an insurrection. Um, but yeah, America, that was, that was a little half part. Like what's going on in other parts of the world? I'm kind of like uh, hesitant to actually call what happened in America, like a coup or insurrection. Like it was attempted, but it was kind of, I mean, people did die. You don't want to discredit that, but I mean, it, it was, I don't know. It was, it was vanilla compared to like stuff going on in other parts of the world, you know, and even with uh, Russia, with the Kremlin and Vladimir Putin, um, like killing his political enemies, just kind of just at a whim, really. It's on a whim. Yeah, there's that story recently. But I'm saying, like, people have been telling us this since like '94. Putin doesn't seem like a, someone we should be trusting. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. He's just continually like poisoning. Well, he's just, you know, he's continually like putting his uh, opposition like in, da in danger and poisoning like anyone who opposes him. Well, yeah, he's, he's making threats. You know, he's either he's he'll attempt to silence them. You know, if they don't flee, then yeah, you know, they, they're going to get they're going to get killed. You know? <laughs> And I think that's a, that's something that Trump was trying to do. He was encouraging, you know, those type of things. And, and um, yeah, and in Haiti, uh, Haiti, I think, is actually a really good example of a, a comparison to Russia just because he's not, he's not leaving. He doesn't want to leave. He's going to stay there an extra year. I just think that's crazy. So um, I, I think it's unfortunate that, like, the western well I, the world but definitely like we share a hemisphere with haiti and i think it would be it, it would behoove us to very very much pay attention like we share what, a continent with haiti. especially over the like now but especially like over the next year um because one they're also americans mm -hmm. and two like like north americans just because of the way the U.S. just because of the way the U.S. named their citizenship, it's a little weird. But they're also Americans, and like this is happening like on our continent, like within our hemisphere, and like this is something we should we should also want to hold up democracy around us. You don't right. want it to start falling around you. I think that's why Myanmar is so concerning. That's why Russia is so concerning is because we can see we can just see like giving in to the option that would get your ass killed. Yeah, um, I, 
I believe uh, why Myanmar is uh, shed so bright a light is because it is on the other part of the world and the United States doesn't necessarily have anything to do with that country specifically. But with Haiti, I believe we do have a little bit of history with them and um, yeah, like what's going on in their government and uh, like anything bad and I, I feel like anything bad in the American hemisphere, you know, is kind of either directly or indirectly a result of the United States. So Haiti might not actually get as much press as Myanmar, even though the situations are similar, just because we might have a little bit more blood on our hands in one situation than the other, you know? And it is that kind of thing with the United States trying to save face. It's so the politics. So one thing that I have been like really paying attention, well, paying attention more to lately is um, deportations and uh, immigration. And I don't think it helps. Like since the Biden administration has taken over, we have deported like a lot more African descent folks. And that includes like a whole bunch of people from Haiti. So we've been deporting people back to Haiti in like this kind of environment. And ultimately like that, things don't happen in a vacuum. Like life does not happen in a vacuum and especially like these kinds of events do not happen in a vacuum. And putting more pressure, more pressure on the current economy where like Haiti is one of like the last places in the, I'm not even gonna say anything. Haiti has some serious food security issues that are also perpetuated by the United States and our advantages that we take over them. But like, and then like deporting people back to Haiti right now when, clearly like that should be like like one of the like perfect excuses for like perfect reasons and like and and like things to point to when you're talking about asylum or right, like exactly and I don't think that's gonna help that's why I'm like it would really behoove America to pay attention to this and not yeah. throw shit at the fan Right. If you don't want, if you don't want, um, if you don't want asylum seekers, then exactly it would behoove you to actually help the country so you don't have an influx of Haitians coming into your country. If that's something that you don't want. Well, so, not just that, but like, the Republican Haiti have that whole situation, and so like you don't want them to flee there either because that could start a war on Hispaniola, like the island. So right. it's just, guys. <laughs> immigration is not just like an indigenous and mestizo or like white problem it's, right. a, it's a, like or white issue like it's a black issue and whenever you forget that like that is a thing you are just going to contribute to like instability yeah yeah i agree we definitely could be doing way more in haiti than in Myanmar, we could help both situations but haiti's like right there it's like right off the coast of florida and little bit of background is because I didn't describe it basically the president of Haiti um, gets a five-year term but in the constitution it's a little bit um, ambiguous as to whenever the term starts for each president so the Haitian citizens are saying your term is up at the end of this month he says my term is up at the end of next year this same time basically and that's that's what's going on in Haiti. Um, I think I did read that they are going to revise their constitution, but what's going on currently with the current president, like he's, 
it seems like he's going to stay in there. And it's kind of worrying to see what's going to happen next week because they were telling him, hey, you got to be out by what's essentially today, Friday, which is February the 5th. You got to be out, you know, and he says, I'm not leaving. So <laughs> we're going to I'm sure we're going to have to give a little update about the Haitian situation next week because, you know, it could just blow over, you know, and go into next year where he'll have to get out next year or they could be like, no, like you're getting out now, like right now. Yeah. I, I think that's a great idea to go ahead and like check in on, check in on this. Uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty yeah. Just because, yeah, they're, it's their neighbor shit. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking on updates, you can give a quick update about India because we did talk about India. We talked about India and the strike that the farmers were the doing. Spread, yeah. yeah, protests have turned violent, not by the protesters. Because um, <laughs> I feel like I should clarify. Surprise, surprise. Um, surprise, surprise. There has been a lot of crackdown on protesters. We're talking internet blocking or blockages. Um, and like people are having a hard time getting the message out of what is happening in India right now to these like protesters, which, you know, when we were talking about this, we were talking about how, how peaceful they were. They were doing it between this time and this time. It was just such a large, overwhelming thing. And, and, and um, you know, they're having internet blockages. I mean, protesters are being beat up. Their faces are being beat, like kicked in. And it's just, yeah. um, it's never, it's never like um, settling to see someone's face just like bloodied from a footprint. But, um, but it's definitely, it's, it's, uh, it's still shocking anytime you see it, um, especially in response to um, a living wage. Right. Yeah. And you were talking about how the military is silencing their citizens by, banning Facebook, just like in Myanmar. Um, VPNs are important. <laughs> circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, full circle. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, what's going on in India is crazy because, uh, you know, speaking back from the American's perspective, uh, citizens have a right to protest. Like, it is our right to protest and protesting is a form of speech. That's how the masses can let their, let their um, government know that they are like unhappy about something specific. People go to the streets to protest, to show their discontent, and then the military, or not the military, the government, then it's upon them to react to those calls of discontent. You know, that is not happening anywhere. <laughs> it's not happening anywhere. Peaceful protest turns into a violent reaction from the other side. And that's just, it's really, um, um, it's, it really sucks because it's kind of making apparent like what the end goal is gonna eventually be. Uh, if you really think about it, has there ever been peaceful revolution? Has there ever been progressive change without violence? You know, we had civil rights in the 60s in America. We know how that ended. And they had American revolutions, French revolutions. So um, these things historically don't end peacefully or nothing changes peacefully. So it's kind of the writing on the wall. Um, you hear people in America talking about civil war all the time. And I don't think people are ready for civil war. 
Killer Mike said, if you don't know how to fish, you're not ready for civil war. And I agree with that because what we were talking about, if you're going to be one side, if you're going to be the uh, opposition side of a civil war, the defecting side, you're not going to have any resources afforded to you. Depending on who's the defecting side, I mean, if you think about it, if it's like <laughs> I mean, rural America feeds us. So if you think about it, um, and like, you know, well, they're working class individuals. If you talk from a classist perspective, I mean, ideologically, you know, a lot of people are kind of, you know, I still just don't think people understand, like, because the again, implications. Like, without American privilege, like we, like. If you have grown up here and lived here, you didn't really experience, you didn't experience war. Like if you- If you've immigrated here, yeah. If you've gone and like fought somewhere else, yeah. But like, if you grew up here and you've lived here, you've never, you've never experienced it. And like, I don't think you know what you're signing up for. Um, Like, because like life doesn't stop in a war. You don't get to like stop what you're doing to like do, you still have to like, pay your electric bill maybe if that's still a thing you still have to like find food to eat you still have to like make sure your kids are educated in some way like you take the bus but the bus doesn't have windows because you know last month they were blown out Mm. like I don't think people understand and quite frankly like I don't even understand fully because I've never been in a war zone and I'm very thankful for that I don't really don't understand either. Like, is it is it a race war? Is it a left versus right war? Is it a class war? Like, what kind of civil war is it going to be? Like, what kind of like where are the like where are the lines going to be drawn? I don't really understand what people want. That's what I think. I think I, I honestly um I honestly don't know, but I feel like it'll happen. Like, what will happen is there will be a major event where it'll split the country like even more to where one one part does like do something violent and it becomes a terror. And at that point, that is when we know what the sides of the civil war are about. We don't know that. <laughs> that was, I think like, unfortunately, yeah, it's a, so, oh, and wow. like the majority of us would probably just be like hearing about it for the first like month or so because it didn't reach our doorstep, but it was very actively happening in our extremely large country. Right. Yeah. Like That's we saw. What scary about like uh, the like protests over the summer was I was like, this feels like soon. Lines like, being drawn, like Seattle, and then, and yeah, then Kenosha, and Portland. Know, yeah, and Portland's its own little microcosm because it's in like a a very like Portland is in a very like opposite state. Right, like yeah. Portland straight up was like opposite day right here all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like Austin essentially, M- but more divided between like it's rural and it's I think. Um, right. Oh yeah, I can I can see that definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, what regular people can do is honestly just raise awareness. Uh, donations can be had, obviously. Um, India, that is an inspiration. That is things that we should be doing in the States because they had a general strike of over 300 million people, you know, and this country consists of 300 million people. So they basically had a, um, a protest the size of the United States population, which is 
very inspiring. Um, currently, right now, they're definitely being um, uh, silenced, which definitely sucks. And I hate to see what the direction of that is going to go. But uh, yeah, um, keep India. Uh, <laughs> keep India, you know, kind of in your thoughts whenever you. What what's that? What? Oh, cool. what the heck was that? Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> I did. I don't know what it was though. No, I think they're um, I think they're cutting grass out there. So I guess it's, I guess it's time. <laughs> all right. Well. I, Thank you all for listening to the pod. Um, we'll try to keep these more regular because I do enjoy talking to Mila. She's so awesome and insightful. And yeah. uh, well, we always have some great, great conversations. I always like learning stuff because there are some things that I just am not attuned to. Oh yeah, definitely. Like both of us, like we teach each other. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll get back at it next week. Fingers crossed, you know. <laughs> all right, guys, uh, we'll see y'all later. Thank y'all for listening.